0: Hello and welcome to Touchline from Kasper Als and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark.
1: Hi, Cas. Nice being back in studio after quite a lengthy break. Missed your voice, um, only from a rugby perspective, though, but I missed it. Nice being back.
0: I can't say that I missed your voice, but I missed our, our chats and, and all the insights.
1: I missed you too, Cas.
0: We're talking about a curry cup tonight, curry cup log. Uh, Some Springbok Rugby for a change. We had some Springbok Rugby and then the Sevens Olympic Games and Club Rugby, the return of Club Rugby. Let's start with the Curry Cup. This weekend's fixtures, the Cheetahs versus the Sharks. Sharks beating the Cheetahs 47-30. The Pumas, Western Province. Western Province beating the Pumas 37-23. And then the Lions and the Bulls, Bulls walking away with a win there, 40-21. That leaves the, the log at the moment, Sharks on top with 23, the Bulls with 20, uh, 24, sorry, Sharks on top with 24, Bulls 23, griquas 19, Western Province 17, Pumas 15, and the Cheetahs and the Lions 10 each. Your thoughts, Mark? Well, firstly,
1: when we go to the log, um, obviously it could have been a different picture. Uh, COVID not played its part. There's a few yes. games that were postponed and a few games that were cancelled and then points being shared. Um, part of that was the Sharks that had to play the Lions. And then obviously because the British and Irish Lions are here, uh, the Lions couldn't play against one of the franchises and the Sharks had to stand in for them. And they had to forfeit their game against the yes. Lions. So um, the, the Curry Cup this, this year has been been upside down, more so because of COVID and trying to, to help uh, the British and Irish Lions to, to get enough game time. Um, but having said that, we're more than halfway through that. And, you know, I think the way it is currently, the Sharks on 24 and the Bulls on 23, they are probably the two teams that have performed better than, than the others. And it showed in the in those weekends games. You know, if you look at the Cheetahs playing at home Mm -hmm. against the Sharks, never never easy to play the Cheetahs. Cheetahs came off two very good wins previous week. Uh, I think the Sharks made heavy weather of it every now and again, but uh, 47. Point against the Cheetahs away away from home yeah, the Cheetahs well as also
0: as, didn't make it easy for them. No, definitely. Defensively, I mean, they were very strong.
1: And that was a, well, that was actually quite a good game game to watch. Uh, it was, was also nice seeing, uh, obviously, some of the Springboks were released from yes. the Springbok squad. Um, not all of them, obviously, played. But, um, yeah, nice nice seeing the, the Sharks at the top of the log again. And well done to Short Everett and his Chargers. Then uh, the Pumas and, and Western Province, you know, Province um haven't had the best of seasons. Uh we were fortunate enough to speak to Ivan Ruiz just before yes. they played the British and Irish lines and, and he gave a bit of insight as to, to what's happening there and they also a very young side. Um but they did very well against Pumas. You know, the Pumas they did well Pumas prior to this weekend's games were top of the log. Um so well done, well done for them. And, and you know, then you look at the poor Lions, I uh, feel, feel for sorry for them. The Sean Erasmuses of the world, they might be biting their nails to understand what's going on and rethink their season because things haven't gone well. But any Bulls side on every given day is, is a powerful side. and I just Playing them in Victoria, the even more so. Yeah, and they've got some phenomenal players. You know, Jake White has brought in some more quality players. Um, and yeah, let's see. let's see how it goes towards the latter end of the Curry Cup and hopefully the Sharks can maintain.
0: Let's hope so. Then uh, next, let's talk about our seven side. They started off very well in the Olympic Games. Um, some good games that they played, especially the one against the United States. They, they looked like going through to the finals and then they got stuck.
1: Yeah, I think part of... You know, if you look at the seven Pacific now in that circuit, I know it's different playing in the in the Olympics. I think it's different pressures and so forth. Um, you know, if, uh, no excuse at all now. Um, but if you look at the South African side, Neil Pell isn't with them. Yes. He's sitting somewhere in a hotel and shouting instructions from there due to COVID. Um, so they have Renford Diesel having a look at the at the squad and and taking charge there with Skumann that's there as well. So I think that in itself is a bit of a disruption. I think part of, part of where the problem lies is, you know, your top nations, New Zealand, uh, Great Britain now, and obviously that's England, Fiji, South Africa, those are all your teams that are expected to go through. You know, they perform year in and year out or, or tournament in and tournament out when it's, when it's on. And I think there was, there was a lot of expectation for, for the Springboks the seventh side. But to be honest, I don't think they played great rugby. They didn't. Um, this whole tournament. Um, I think they've, some of the games they, they just won. that to come from behind. But the one specific that we're talking about now is against Argentina. And, um, you know, everyone wrote the Argentines off. One of the commentators did say that if there's one side to upset any team, it's Argentina. And they showed it, you know. There was a red card that was issued. I think it was one minute into the game, and then you would automatically expect Springboks to win, more so with all the possession that they should have, and then the space on the field, only having six yes. guys on. Um, but that's showed in the past as well. Even in fifteen-man rugby, when you when the chips are down, sometimes the boys stand up and, and they get counted. And they and this is exactly what happened. Yes, um, and they were relentless. The the the, the Sevens guys just didn't see ball. I mean, in the last minute, I think um, Argentina were down to five men and they still managed to score. So um, it is what it is on the day. And I think obviously what they did very well is is stake South Africa out of their comfort zone. It's not a place that they're accustomed to being. Um, And it's sad because they couldn't control it. They just had to play proper rugby, just the basics. But they made mistake after mistake. Um, and yeah, as so I say, proof is in the pudding and good luck to Argentina.
0: Well, let's hope they go through and show their mettle going yeah, forward. For, I think for Argentinian rugby it, in
1: general, it's, it's massive. It's massive. Um, you know, and, and we wish them well. And, you know, seeing that they beat us, hopefully they could also go through to the final and, and stake a claim. One thing where they are ahead of us now is, I mean, last, the last Olympics, we brought home a bronze medal. Now there's no middle for us to play for and Argentina is the one that can either take that or silver or gold so it's entirely up to them and good luck to all the teams.
0: Then talking the British and Irish Lions tour, the first test being played and I think what everybody expected to happen did happen. South Africa did well in the, in the first half and then Came a bit undone in the in the second half, losing the, the Test 22-17. Um, not that the Lions, in my view, has actually outplayed us. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, it was such a sloppy Test match, if I can call of it course. that. You know, it wasn't an exciting one like when we play against New Zealand or something like that. Um, sadly so. Um, but I think there's, there's so much that rides on a first test of a tournament um, because obviously now with the Lions beating so the Springboks, all the pressure is on the Boks to have to win the last two. But um, you know the sad the sad part here is that uh, I think the f- lack of and, and it sounds strange now yet again and no ex- excuses intended here at all. But I think from a from a Bok outfit point of view, I think we are maybe a game or two behind from a fitness point we of view. Definitely good. a game. Um, if you look at yes. most of the box that played in the first test played in the SA side. And we played very well in the first half in the SIA yes. game. Um, and it's the last 30 minutes in the SIA game where we really got unstuck as well. And the same thing happened in the test match. Yes, one in Gatlin changed one or two things strategically in the second half. But... Um, most of what they did was exactly the same as the first half. And then I just think we're not, it's crazy to say it like this, but we're not fit enough, um, oh. one aspect of it. So, And, and that, that obviously counts at this level, because regardless of whether we play the SAA against the British and Irish Lions, going into a test match, intensity and that just lifts automatically.
0: But also the British and Irish Lions were, were selected out of the... The Six Nations. They played Six Nation tests. Yeah. And, and that's where they were selected out of. So they had the advantage of playing the Six Nations, number one. And then coming to South Africa as the British and Irish Lions, they've been in South Africa now playing for the last three weeks, mm. two games a week, um, as, a, as a unit, as a squad. And Gatlin had the advantage or the uh, yeah, the advantage of of playing with his, with his structures, playing with his combinations. Mm. All his players had game time, proper game time. Mm. And the box came into this one now almost um, raw with no game time.
1: Yeah, no, look, it's it's, it's a fact. I mean, part of, and, and no excuse yet again, part of the issue was that a few players like Siakulisi, Andre yeah. Pollard, I think it was Lewitt, um, they were all isolated for 10 days as well prior to this test. They only arrived in Cape Town, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. I mean, so that's not conducive either, but it is where we yes. are in World Rugby at the moment. Um, you know, we don't, We we and you're 100% right. Uh, Rossi and, and, I must take Rossi out of it actually, but uh, Jacques Nienaber and Rossi didn't have. The water boy. Yeah, the water boy. <laughs> <laughs> Most expensive water boy in World Rugby. <laughs> um, you know, they they, they didn't have. The luxury that Warren Gatland had with regards to preparation, in the sense of physical game time, um, you know, most of these guys played in the World Cup, but I mean that's like nearly two years ago. It's a year and a half ago. Yes. We only played against Georgia, Georgia one game, and then yeah. um, you can't you can't bring the game in where the box played against the Bulls because that was like our B side yes. and C side possibly. So that, that doesn't count. I think the only one that played there was Damien Um So we are undercooked. But I think this weekend could possibly, and I hope so, could possibly be a different kettle of fish. I think we will be prepared better than we were. I think Rossi and them would have would have done their homework now as well because, let's face it, they beat us at our own game in the second half. I mean, they were well, kick if you kicks look- stuck and so forth, you know, so...
0: If you look at the Sharks games, the two games that the Sharks were fortunate enough now to play against the the British and Irish Lions, the first game, the Sharks were outplayed. From start to finish, they were outplayed. They didn't know where to go. The intensity was just too high. Coming back and playing the second game a week later, it was a totally different ballgame. If it wasn't for the card, I believe that we would have probably given them a go right up to the final whistle.
1: Yeah, look, sadly so, and and then again, you look at that specific side. There was wholesale charges there too, so we probably played with uh, more B side than regular A side. Um, but yet again, it shows that a guy like Sean, um, Everett, and his charges had the chance now to dissect their game, yes, and see where specific they can work and function at, and. You know, international players this shouldn't be this shouldn't be an excuse for international players regardless of who you are and where you come from. They all know the intensity of a of a test match is sky high compared to a guy that plays Currie Cup or franchise rugby now has to play against a franchise like the British and Irish Lions who's technically a test because they've all played test match rugby. So their intensity automatically is higher. So yeah, I think in that that obviously uh, put the put the Sharks in a different space when they played them in the second game. And the same will happen this weekend, the second test. Um, I just hope it falls in our favour.
0: Saying that a player should be able to play at that intensity, it's it's true, and I do agree with you. But you still get that match sharpness and the match fitness that, that plays a game. Um, and it will come in play in, in, in the matches. And you could see it in the Lions where, where their sharpness and and just that knowing where the next player is going to be was there, where the box didn't have it.
1: Part of part of what you omitted to say now is that, and I agree with you 100%, but to add to that is your accuracy. Your accuracy. Um, your accuracy speaks to the sharpness that you're referring to, being there at the right time, at the right yes. place, and to make the right decisions. Playing off the ball. Um, and, you know, <laughs> there were patches that the box were very good. Yes. So were the British and Irish Lions. But yet again, I still stick by this to say that, and I'm not questioning them at all, they are a phenomenal bunch of players. I think, and, and Warren Gatlin said this, and he's I think it's his third or fourth term in charge of the British and Irish Lions. Last week and this week was the most difficult time for him to select sides in all of his reign that he was, that he was the head coach. Um, and... That is how good they are. So you can't. Uh, one must also remember that they that they represent Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and England, the best of those four countries in one. Um, whether they play South Africa, New Zealand, or Australia, it's always tough for the for the hosting uh, country because you're playing against four other countries in one. Yes. Um, yes, they also need to get game time, and they also need to get to know each other and that. But. The difference here as well is when you go on tour, you stay together. You do everything together. COVID obviously has changed slightly now that even the box were forced to be together. But the time that you spend on the field is different to physical training and playing matches against each other at training and that because that's just how it is. And uh, I still say that we will see on Saturday, you'll definitely see a difference in the box setup. up. And having said that, we are, we are hurting. So the box will not take this lying down. They know what is expected of them. They know they're the world champions. They know they need to play for a broken South Africa. So um, I definitely think it will be a different uh, test match than the first one, and I hope so, because it will just bring back the excitement for the final. Uh, you know, if, if if the Lions win, great for them this week, but then it, then it's like a shower, because there's nothing to play for in the last yes, one. You know, right. if, if, if we do manage to pull it off, then we the last one is going to be a humdinger.
0: Yeah. In talking about the next one, um, the team for the next test has been announced today. We've got Willy Leroux, 15, Cheslin Colby, 14, Lucanio Am at 13, uh, Damien De at 12, uh, Makazola Mpimpi at number 11, Andre Pollard at number 10, de Klerk at number 9, Jasper Wiese that came in as a new cap, um, starting at number 8, uh, Peter Stefft at 2 at number 7, Sia Kulisi at number six and captain. Uh, Franco Mostert at number five. Yibben Ezebeth at number four. Uh, Franz Malerba, one of the new inclusions, at number three. Uh, Bongi Umbunambi at number two. And then Stephen Kutsov at number one, which is the other one. Those are the three changes. is uh, Jasper Visser, uh, Franz Malerba, and Stephen Kutsov. And then also Stephen Kutsov playing in his 50th test.
1: Yeah, look, uh, it's a nice mile, milestone for, for Stephen Kutsov, and, and hopefully for him, unlike Andre Pollard last week in his 50th test, yes. um, he could actually get the, the W behind it, so it would be great. Um, look, there, w- there would always have been changes. Um, I think your first test is basically a test as well to see who puts a hand up, and unfortunately our biggest problem was up front. Um, our back line is exactly the same Backline that played in the World Cup final as well, and same as last week. Sad part is we've got the world-class backline, but they hardly saw the ball. Um, There was no real backline play. Uh, A lot of the balls were kicked away. Um, Our kick chase was poor. Um, Obviously, a guy like Jasper Vissahi brings a a different angle to, to the game, and I think he's probably quicker off the mark at the back of the scrum. Uh, he's a decent ball carrier. He's a physical player. That will help. Um, you know, a guy like Oxen Che, I see he's not even in the match day 23. Oxen but che
0: has hurt his he's neck. injured, yeah, he yes. neck um,
1: You know, so was Bungim Dambi and that's part of what they said. That's why yeah. the whole front row was, was changed at halftime, which I questioned as well, because it was a strange decision um, to change all of them at the same time. But, uh, look, I think... I think the South African side's a phenomenal side as well, you know, and and congratulations to a Jasper Visser. Um, hopefully, he'll he'll make a difference, and hopefully, this time. And I see we've gone with a six-two split in six the, in, split, the yes. in the reserves. Um, obviously, that speaks of power up front, and that's what they want to do again. But hopefully, that will the, the you know the, when the when the reserves come on in the second half. They'll make a difference. I don't think our reserves actually had an impact in, in the first test. They like didn't, We normally no. want them to have. And it's more so, I think it's even more important now than in the World Cup for the simple reason that we're not as match fit as we would like to be. So when they come on for the last 20 or 30 minutes, um, they must have all the petrol in the tank to finish what the previous well, guys Well, we've got
0: done. a strong bench here. Yeah. If you think about it, Malcolm Marks, driven Yankani, Vincent Koch, De Marco van Staden, Quasha Smith, Asel Yankees and Damien Wilenser.
1: Yeah, no, 100. percent I mean, and, and Marco van Staden as well. I mean, he's played, I think, one or two tests for us. I mean, he's a he's yeah, a he's got three, three caps, caps. There we go. Yeah. So, um, you know, he uh, he's a he's a very good good fetcher. I mean, he produces week in and week out for the Bulls. Um, and uh, he's also a short and stocky guy, and yes. works hard off the ball or towards the ball. So. Um, look, obviously, uh, both Ninaber and Erasmus are are very, very good coaches. They would have done their homework, and these guys would have been selected for specific roles. And hence the fact that, I mean, now we've got two loose forwards sitting, sitting on the bench, and, and they're both decent. Yes. Um, look, we miss, a, we miss a Dwayne from Mealden, unfortunately. I mean, it's like Kieran Reid for New Zealand. You know, you don't just fill that position overnight. No. Um, but it's a good side. I just hope our backs get more more ball that we can run around with. I mean, our back three are phenomenal players and nice and quick. And But yeah, proof, proof will be in the pudding. Let's will see. We'll the talk next week and hopefully we can sit here with a smile and say the box are on top. One no. one good thing is a loss doesn't take the World Cup status away. Uh, we are still three or four points ahead of New Zealand on the yeah. world rankings. So... Um, uh, we'll, I think we'll stay there quite a while. We're uh, playing Argentina let's, let's in August,
0: so, so let's uh, see how that goes. Before we go into club rugby, just uh, two interesting facts. Andre Pollard needs two penalty goals to equal Jackie Sneeman's record of six career penalty goals against the British and Irish Lions. And then the other one, the Springboks need four tries to reach 100 tries against the British and Irish Lions. Um, in this, the forty-eighth test between the sides since ni- uh, eighteen ninety-one.
1: Yeah, it's good. I mean, stats are stats are always great, um, and I'm sure the way Pollard has been kicking that is on the table for this this test. Yes, the four tries. Well, we could have scored three of them last week, uh, which were disallowed. But. Um, <laughs> Who knows? Hopefully hopefully those four yeah. will, will be ticked off by the end of by the end of this uh, tournament. So um which would be great. And then uh, yeah, at, if you look at other stats you'll see that South Africa have beaten the British and Irish lines more than they've beaten us. Um and we've won more yeah. tournaments than them. So hopefully this will still be one of those that yeah. we can tick the boxes to you as well. You were
0: talking about experience, two hundred and thirty eight caps in the back line amongst the players there, and 365 caps amongst the, the forwards. So, yeah. talking about experience, we've got more than enough experience 100%. to do it.
1: Uh, there's, there's, no exper- there's no excuse for not manning up. They've yes. they've All of them, barring the visas of the world, and I think Markov and Staden wasn't part of the World Cup squad either, yes. if I re- remember correctly. No, he wasn't. The rest of them have all been part of that. So, no. there's, there's absolutely no excuse for South Africa... Not to turn the tables on Saturday. Um, I think they are all street wise, they know what it's about, they know what the consequences are, and they're playing for a broken nation, and that's what took us through the World Cup. So hopefully, they'll tap into some of the experience in in Japan. Um, And you know, they always say a winded springbok is a dangerous boy, so let's hope.
0: Then let's talk of some club rugby. Um, The announcement was made by Saru late last night that uh, we can return to play. So Club Rugby um, got the the go ahead from KZNRU this morning, officially, that we can return to play. We will return to um, practice on Monday, the 2nd of August, and then return to play on the 14th. Your thoughts, Mark? Just well, don't jump off your chair, please.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's exciting times. I'm I'm happy that we're back. Um, look, from a... from Yeah, <laughs> just give it a
0: yay. <laughs> from
1: a coach's point of view and from a player's point of view, um, that's what we love. We want to yes. get back onto the paddock and we want to start training and we want to start playing. Um, on a personal note, um, we go with the flow. I don't know if, if I'm happy with that or not. Um, I think if you look at where we are in our country with regards to COVID, and, and many players will feel same as I do now. Um, I'll definitely be there, but we can't force the players to be there because we don't pay the players. It's not they're not contracted to us. So it's it's an amateur sport. They can decide whether they want to want to attend training and want to play or not. I think there's obviously a risk involved, and the only reason why I'm going there is. Um, human life obviously comes first and we, yes. we have a responsibility towards our players and the non-spectators. And I say non-spectators because no one is allowed to be at a match. Yes. But these guys all go back home and those guys that would have been spectators are obviously at home and they mix with other people and so forth. And that is our first priority. Um, and I'm saying that because if you look at international rugby, we can, come as close as the British and the Irish lines that are in South Africa, the Bulls that would have played them, the Springboks. Every single week, there's someone that is positive. And they are in a bio bubble. They get tested weekly. We don't have that luxury. So we go and we do the normal protocol things that we need to do. And yes. I can only speak from Toti Rugby Club. We're very strict on what we do. And touch wood, we've been blessed that we haven't had incidents. Um, But it is a risk, and and that is something that we need to control. Um, But take the personal side out of it. I think it's awesome for rugby because a lot of clubs need to be on the field from a sponsorship point of view. view, We need to pay back to our sponsorships um, for what they've invested into the clubs. Other clubs have to be on the field to try and get sponsors. So it's a snowball effect. It's like a business on its own. If you're not at work, you lose revenue. So that is part of our part of our function. Totey Rugby Club, obviously, we, we're still rebuilding and we're going into second gear and, and we're pushing it where we want to be in our five-year plan. If we don't play this year, it puts us another year back. So yes. next year, we then technically have to start with our five-year plan. Yes, you know, So that makes it very difficult. It's exciting times. Um, we're obviously going to go back on the 2nd of August. We're going to have two weeks of of proper training in the past when we came back we have three months of training uh, prior to the season starting but we nearing the end of the season now so or the end of the year and we need to fit in all the fixtures but it's exciting times and then obviously just to to round off on that is from a premier division point of view the first round will will conclude and once that is done then the top four will play against each other and the bottom three
0: three, which is
1: good just to try and fit everything in but great to be back I think I speak on behalf of the players as well. I don't think all the wives are too happy about this. <laughs> but um, it is what it is. And I think we're just mm. brimming to get going.
0: The The other nice thing is that the Cup um, will then be played as well after the, the league. Um, whether we're going to be included, we'll still need to see. And if it's going to be played, depending on COVID and, and how we go forward, um, but at least it's it's on the fixtures list.
1: Yeah, it's nice. And hats and off to Hollywood Bets yes. um, as the official sponsor for the Murray Cup. Um, they've been on board for a few years now. And, and thanks to them, yet again, you know, if we don't have our sponsors, those competitions can't take place. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully hopefully all the Prem sides would, would be involved in that again because it's awesome competition. It's not okay, good well, stages, so you play and hopefully you go through. Um, there's lots of lots of eyes on that specific competition. I don't know where it will take place this year, but normally it's at Crusaders Rugby Club. Nice venue, but there's no spectators. So I suppose it can be held anywhere. Um, but it will be great. And then, you know, they're also taking us out of our comfort zone because normally the season finishes now in August. Yes. Now we're only finishing in November. So yeah. uh, it's a, lo- it's a second, long season. Second
0: week in November. <laughs> yes, it is a long season, but glad that we're back um I think you've you've covered it from a from a club committee point of view where we need to get back on the field to to lure sponsors um without playing we can't get sponsors and nobody will will invest and for the guys that have sponsors they need to they need to be out on the field to uh fulfill their commitment to their sponsors so um it's a difficult one it's it's really difficult to decide me personally I also think that it's Probably not the right thing to do, but from a from a rugby point of view, I I believe we we have to.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and you know, as we said, uh, take the sponsors out of it, take everything else out of it. If you look at the professional era, those different, if I say those, I refer to to uh, specific seniors or junior rugby or wherever from an international point of view. S and eighteen was just selected now. Um, to play against georgia so if you look at all these permutations and there's no club rugby or there's no provincial rugby then those won't be able to happen and you look at youngsters coming out of school the last year um, they are 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 playing to hopefully get contracted to go to wherever it is whether it's in south africa or all over the world if you take it away from them again then it's two years that they would have lost and it. You know, when you when you go out of school and you want to make a living out of it, you need to play. And you know, from a from a South African point of view, us as 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 club coaches, um, we owe that to the players. And and yes. like myself, I mean, I always say this thing: if the players are there, I'm there. I'm not there uh, for myself. Part of my responsibility is to get them into shape to try and go somewhere. If they have made it into a specific franchise or wherever they play in the world then i've done my work um, if the coaches turn around and say they don't want to be part of it then these players can't play if the referees say they don't want to be part of it then we can't have games and so it's a snowball effect you know so it is what it is i think if we can all just focus and on control our part of the covert protocols then then half the battle would be won um, and it is difficult. I understand that people say, how oh, do you scrum, and then you have to wear a mask when you come off the field. So it's understandable, um, but it is what it is, and I think we must the just make it coming, happen.
0: The mask coming off the field is definitely not for the players. That's for the supporting staff that's around them that weren't in that scrum. No, That's no, why they're wearing the mask. So no, well, 100%. And, if, and if anybody wondered about it.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And and I mean, that's that's exactly how it is. And as I said, as far as possible if if whoever's involved on the day can follow the protocols as close as possible, because that's what we ought to do, um, then we should be semi safe, you know. So, um but may it continue for, for a long time, may may the season not be interrupted again. Um, more so for the survival of your smaller clubs. I think yes. your smaller clubs are, are taking a hiding financially. They are. Um it's very difficult. I mean a lot of yes. the clubs have players from out the province that now need to return to the clubs. Um, Tote is obviously one of those clubs. Um so there's all these financial implications as well, you know. And who knows, some clubs some clubs might have had to rent a, a house or two for these guys to stay and now they've gone home and you're still obliged to pay. Um so there's such a you know, it's more there's more to it than just playing the game, put 100%. it that way. And no. You know, and the
0: financial implications are huge. Yeah,
1: and as as long as we can make it happen, you know, from a coaching point, from a player's point, from a committee point of view, all the clubs putting their hands up. I mean, we all had the privilege of because the unions came back to us to ask, what did we want to do, yes. or how uh, we thought. Everyone put their hands up and said X, Y, and Z, and the decision was made. So like with everything, the decision is made now, regardless of whether you agree or not, let's make it happen.
0: The nice thing about all the emails that went around yesterday was that all the clubs and all the chairmen had a similar thinking in in the return to play and how we're going to do it and why we're going to do it. So it wasn't that there were a vastly different outlook on on how Mm. to, to tackle this and how to do it.
1: I just think the main the main focus, here, obviously, is COVID and the the yes. safety of players and coaching staff. And I say coaching staff and not committee because the committee aren't necessarily on the field. Yes, um, that is our first priority. It is, and if we get that right, the rest will be the rest will be fine. Um, but yet again, thanks to the Sharks and KZ and R U for and sorry, obviously, for giving the green light. And I think yes. there's many who might not come back to t- training, obviously. Um, but the ones that are there would be chomping at the bit to get going. And uh, let's hope they we will can be. do our yeah. provinces proud.
0: Thank you to everybody that made it happen. Mark, once again, thank you for your your input and your insight in all of this. Um, really nice to be back after a, a two-week layoff. Um, all charged up and, and, and ready to go now. And uh, to you and your coaching staff and the players, all the best for the season Going forward,
1: yeah. Thanks, Gus. As I said when we start, it's nice being back. Um, it will be nicer being back on the field next week. <laughs> I mean, that's what we live for—is um, to be part of part of that setup. And yeah, uh, I think the players and everyone is, is obviously looking forward to it. And hopefully, we can do our community proud. And in ending, just quickly from my side to all the sports stars at the Olympic Games. Also, from a South African point of view, we wish you all the best. We've already bagged a few medals, which is great to see. May that continue. And then, um, probably shouldn't be doing this, but a big shout out to the Toti community. In the last two weeks, we really had our hands full in South Africa and KZN and things specifically. But um, I really saw the humanity part come come out of the tote community in the last week or so with the guys standing together protecting our families protecting our assets protecting our shopping centers and you know whether you're a civilian or security member we all stood together man and woman some places even children um, and it's also to be awesome to be part of this and from a rugby point of view if we could take that and give back to the community, it would be awesome. So thanks for the opportunity, and God bless all the Toti, Toti community people. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Mark. Yes, from our side, um, we've been talking about Toti being a, a community and Toti Rugby Club being a community club. And I think in the last two weeks, the Mums and Toti have shown that they are a community and that they do stand together. Well done to everybody. Mark, thank you very much. Thank you very much for tuning in to Touchline from myself, Kasper Els, and Mark Cameron. Have a great rugby week.